Yeah. And when Carrot Top popped out. Yeah. So bizarre. 90s were weird. 90s was weird. Polly Shore was in it. Yeah. For sure. Dressed uh, as Carrot Top. You'll never guess who was in it. Matthew McConaughey. God, you caught one <laughs> right away. <laughs> I'll tr- I'll try one. <laughs> what was that? Translate that for us. How how dare I question the Almighty Zoltan? Zoltan, the Almighty Robin Williams. The Al- Almighty Robin Williams. <laughs> <clears throat> Welcome to Next Door Nerds, everyone. Uh, or today, as it said in Japanese. Don't touch my mustache. No, it's just a long grunt. <laughs> can you get? Is there any phrases that popped out at you so that you can repeat from the movie? Uh, I have a quote, but it's Ooh, not. Nice. It's not. I don't remember how it went in Japanese. Mm. Or, you know, look at these. Whatever. <laughs> but uh, today's episode. Uh, as if you recall from the last podcast episode, we decided to watch a movie and not just any movie, one of Evan's favorites. Mm-hmm. And, uh, let me tell you, it was so confusing. There was no colors. <laughs> I couldn't understand a lick of what they were saying. <laughs> Weird, right? All of the people just in it. I didn't know any of them. Yeah. Everyone had black hair. Uh, yes and all of them were pretty much bald pretty much yeah or at least partially bald yeah they were all wearing weird clothes there there was not one pair of jeans there was not a single jort no nope. in that movie yeah how dare they yeah the movie of course that we're talking about is bug's life no seven samurai magnificent seven uh yes uh what was the other one the magnificent uh, the ridiculous seven the magnificent bug samurai's life yes that movie uh first off evan before we get into this movie mm-hmm. how you been pretty good pretty good pretty sorry good. sorry sorry good okay i was waiting for the but uh uh so 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 you're good yeah this is going to be a consequence of of us once again switching to this every two week thing is that a lot a lot can happen or or nothing nothing happens well because last uh, i i don't think anything super interesting happened last weekend Mm. for us okay uh this weekend was uh, a nice little bonding weekend for me and my quote-unquote stepdaughter Mm -hmm. uh her her selena went off her mom went off to uh visit a friend Mm-hmm. And uh, her sister, uh, Selena's daughter, the the stepdaughter's sister, my other stepdaughter. Yeah, she went off to camp this weekend, and it was fucking like the most movie or TV show summer camp I've ever seen. I I was like, these don't actually exist. Like you rolled up and they're just playing camp rock music. <laughs> yeah, De- uh, Demi Lovato the was there. Jonas Brothers are coming out of the corner. Yeah, which I thought was kind of weird because they're like forty now. Well. Yeah. But 
Yeah, like we walked th- to to get in, you had to go under like the the weird, the, like you know, the barn that's also a bridge mm. that you walk through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They had that, and then you go walk in, and there's literally it's it's like a fucking TV Basically show. Basically, the bridge from Harry Potter that they blew up. Is that kind of kind of it? Oh no, Evan! What the fuck? Do you not remember the bridge they blew up in Harry Potter? Which movie? The like second? No, the last one. The one outside of Hogwarts? Yes. I mean, so was it kind of like that where you, it's like you're surrounded by wood, but it's a bridge? Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of the main walkway bridge that they're on at the very end where it's all stone. I was like, that no, is no, not no, what no, this no, looked no. like. You the, are correct. The one that they blew up as the yes. werewolves were trying to yes. get a crust. It was like that, but very small. But very small. Very skinny. It's, but yeah. And like, that's in every TV show summer camp, right? You, to get in and it's like fucking Camp Wanaweep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... And I walked in and there was buildings surrounding, like, all different cabin buildings. And there was a fucking American flag post right smack dab in the middle mm. that they probably raised every morning. Perfect. They had a camp store. Did they or did they not have hockey masks just randomly attached to, like, scarecrows? No. Oh. But I did. As we were pulling away, we looked back and the entire camp was waving goodbye at us. And I thought I saw a hockey mask. Mm. In the trees to the left, mm. but I was like, you know, it's, it's must whatever. must it's, just must just been you know a thought, you know, it wasn't she, didn't actually happen. She was supposed to be back yesterday. Oh, <laughs> no one survived. That's a joke, everyone. She's back. Okay, okay. <laughs> anyway, that she it was just weird because it was like a stereotypical summer camp. Mm-hmm. Um, but since she was at camp and Selena was at a friend's house for the whole weekend, uh. Me and Audrey uh, had a little daddy-daughter weekend. Mm -hmm. Because she's like me. She has to be up and around and moving constantly because that's what life is like. Yep. But 90% of the time, she really wishes she was just sitting down Mm -hmm. watching something or playing something. Okay. So I was like, you know what? That's what we're going to do. So we just played games and watched movies and and, uh, played whatever little games little little girls like to play, house and all that stuff. And She's super cool because we didn't play house. We played dinosaurs. Okay. Um, and then the cool thing in the next day, because I was like, I want to do something with her that uh, she hasn't done and that her sister hasn't already done so she can, you know, she can go back. Say, hey, look, I did this, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yep. exactly. So I took her to the Neil Armstrong Air and Space Museum. Mm-hmm. That's in Wapakoneta. Yep. Um, do, do you remember going there? I feel like we went there for school. Uh, we did. I don't remember what was there except for just space things. That it, it was much cooler when we went, whether that's because it used to be cooler or because we had the kid glasses on that was like, this is way cooler than I remember it. Because yeah. I was getting ready there to go there and be like, this place is awesome. And it was kind of like, it was all right. Yeah. I thought there was a lot more to do there for kids and there really isn't. And a lot of the stuff there, everything like Neil Armstrong related is real. Yeah. But like a lot of the stuff is just like mock-ups of like actual space stuff. I thought we'd see like moon rocks and and the lunar module that he was in and, and all that. No, they didn't really have that. And I specifically remembered this thing called the Infinity Tunnel, where it's like a, a room that's like surrounded. You're surrounded on all in all directions by mirrors, and then there's lights, so it looks like it's you're just in the middle of the universe. Mm-hmm. And I told Odge this. I was like, "You're gonna freaking love this Infinity Room. It's so cool." And you were wrong. 
and we get there and it's it's like fucking christmas lights hung on a couple mirrors and i'm like this was way cooler when i was a kid oh i thought i honestly thought you were talking about like kosai for a second that's what selena Ooh. said she's like were you thinking of kosai and i was like no i specifically remember it at the armstrong air and space museum because i feel like there's something like that at kosai too but then again once again i don't remember shit that happened a year ago let yeah. alone back in my high school days so but uh well, it was still fun regardless yeah. so she at least enjoyed it yeah it might have been dulled in your eyes but we have adult eyes and well she was a little disappointed because i hyped up the infinity yeah room and then we got there you and never she left should never hype <laughs> just always give them like neutral tone just be like yeah this might be cool we left that tunnel and she was like all right, right, so when is when is the cool part with all the stars happen? And is I had to be it? like, it was cooler back in the day. I swear. I think they might. I think it's under construction. I think they're fixing it. I think it's in through that door. But it's but closed. That, we that can't, door says women's restroom. Yeah, we can't go. We can't go we, through. We that. can't go in there. I'm it's, sorry. <laughs> it's it's broken. They're fixing it. Oh my! We'll have to come back some other time. That is hysterical i i let her get shit in the gift shop so at the end of the day it was an awesome trip <laughs> right right but I, it would have been funny if you were actually just thinking consistently of kosai yeah and then you brought her to the, <laughs> the neil armstrong museum and it's like where's the bicycle that goes across the <laughs> across the uh high wire or whatever yeah and the other stuff that they had a co the wind tunnel thing yeah. that they had at coast isn't this supposed to have a bunch of experiments yeah, in it? why do i not why do i not remember anything space related at cosi oh <laughs> uh, that's because you're thinking of the same thing yeah well that's that's fun i mean it's nice that selena was able to get away and mm -hmm. you were able to watch the child yep but uh yeah what about you oh it is it's summer it's hot out it's nice swimming around in the pool and stuff. Uh, went to Finley this past weekend and celebrated a birthday and just kind of bar hopped. And then I will state this. I had to put on the mean pants, if that's a thing, if that's even a word. It is. But, but uh, we had reservations for a place in Finley. I will not say where, but uh, we... The no-tell motel. Yeah, sure. No-tell motel. We put a reservation in for the people and it was, we were number one on the reservation list for 45 minutes. We got there about half an hour into the wait. So we waited 10, 15 minutes there. We watched 20 plus people just go in, take a seat. And they're just like, we'll be with you guys and we'll be with you guys shortly. And we're like, we'll split up. Like we don't have to be on one table sort of thing. Like we can go and do whatever. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, then never got back with us. And then everyone's just like, Greg, go in there and tell them we're leaving and they don't need to worry about us. And I was, just, I went in there and I put on my mean grumpy face and I went, FYI, uh, the group that's outside, we're leaving. Uh, we just watched 20 people come in here and they all just sat down. So looks like reservations don't count. And walked out and she just looked at me with like the stunned look on her face. Mm -hmm. and then she said okay bye and i'm like that felt good for me but i really regretted doing it because really? because i don't know what the situation was maybe maybe they were 
actually booked and our reservation thing just wasn't popping up correctly and it just said we were first maybe we were number 10 or whatever and it doesn't go that high so it just resets to one i don't fucking know sounds like you're trying to give him excuses i am and i'm fucking angry but uh yeah we did did that and then i don't know what so so yesterday uh sunday i i don't know what it is about old people my parents fyi uh i don't know how your phone just randomly can disconnect you from the wi-fi because mine doesn't do that. Yeah, I'm I'm I stay connected. It remembers my passwords, but I swear I get a phone call like at least once every mm, couple couple of months. Like my phone, like it's not connecting to the Wi-Fi. And then you know, just helping old people with technology is quite fun. I I get over there. I'm starting to think they just they want to see me, so they're just doing it on purpose that wouldn't surprise me and i'm like you know you could have just called me and said hey you mind coming over and talking our front window is on the fritz man can you front the front window is on the fritz there's i don't know what's wrong with it i don't know you can see right through it it's really confusing it says not connected to wi-fi can you come around around supper time yeah right around supper time uh we'll be having such and such by the way i, I mean you might as you well might as well come and have stay some, have some food yeah but oh, we, uh, we made your room up just, you know just in case just in case just wait, wait. it's fine what's happening am i getting am i getting reversed <laughs> reverse pulled back like what's happening but uh no, it's just, it just seems like every single couple of weeks I get a phone call saying, hey, my cell phone's mess. Hey, my phone's not connecting. Well, hey, my laptop's not doing this. Hey, our TV doesn't turn on. Hey, I just, I'm just sitting here like, you guys are not allowed to have technology anymore. <laughs> We're sending you back to the days where you had to churn your butter and uh, you got to wear bonnets. And, and and pilgrim hats. And my dad's not allowed to shave his face and yep. just has the pilgrim hat on the entire time. And they burned people at stakes for being witches. That okay, Salem. Okay, yeah, good. good you can put them back there. Good, good times back in the Salem days. Are your parents listening to this? Mm, they don't know what a podcast. I was about saying, otherwise, you're never going to get another call again after well, this. <laughs> that's okay. But uh, no, I'm glad they bother me because if none of, i don't think any of my sisters have that great of time with technology either so mm-hmm. it's like everything technological gets my way gets, gets set my way you. so but i'd rather be helpful than just be like then can't you ask someone so to help you you know i'd rather be well yeah i'd rather uh, help them so the better thing is you i'm building brownie points don't you understand yes. They, you're lucky they look to you for something. Yes. Because there are some of us out here who uh, don't get asked their advice on anything. Oh. And they'd be like, what was, what was Evan's birthday again? And they're like, we don't need to call him. We'll just, it was sometime in the middle of the year. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Who is Evan again? Yeah. Kevin? Kevin? Kevin! Kevin? (laughs) What did you do to my room? (laughs) Oh. But uh, I got quite a few Evans. Yes, when I was in when I was a child. Oh, and then tonight I got a haircut. So 
Now we're this is me, me and too. My, this is me and my new haircut. I got a haircut too. Nice. It just grew back before we started the podcast. I understand. I understand how hair works. Sometimes when I like put my thumb in my mouth and I blow, blow, my hair grows a little ex- bit. Oh, it's pretty cool. I don't think that's a real thing. What I think you're. That? I think I think you're imagining things. What was that on? That was on the kids' TV show. Uh, good question. Fuck. I want to say SpongeBob, but just grow out your hair. Well, they no, they do it that specifically where they're like blowing their thumb and it comes out like Play-Doh. Yeah, you're pr- you're probably right. It's probably something like SpongeBob. <sighs> yeah, I can't remember it. That sounds sort of familiar. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. And then uh, I, I should also mention I watched a movie called The Seven Samurai, and that's cool. What's that about? Eh, well. Have you seen Bugs Life? <laughs> Damn, that's the perfect response. Basically that. <laughs> um, that's what I, something that I was thinking about with our first couple of club episodes. Like, and I guess this is the first one where it matters, like super matters. Is like, do we want to go over the basic plot of the movie for people who didn't listen to watch it? If you haven't we... watched Seven Samurai, press pause. Good. Now that you've resumed, <laughs> I need you to press pause again. But wait, you have to watch the movie, then come back and unpause. Are you good? Have you seen it now? You are now three and a half you are hours now three, older. <laughs> yes, three and a half hours older. Uh, but if you haven't watched the movie, uh, we'll still explain what happens anyways. Generally, yeah. Generally. Um, basically for those of you that have seen Bugs Life, uh, what I got from it was town of farmers gets like attacked by bandits. They're basically going to come back when the wheat is done. They're going to pretty much ransack the village when that happens. They're going to have, they're going to have to give all of their stuff. Otherwise they're going to kill them, you know, pillage, rape, all that jazz from the early 14 and 1500s because that happened a lot i guess i mean i wasn't there but um, I was. oh were you yeah nice it was weird there was no color back then either <laughs> the world was just black, just and, white. black and white yeah Bizarre. but um they end up going to a town finding they're basically on the hunt for anyone that will protect them and it's you know japan so it's just samurai everywhere the the place is flowing with samurai the amount of samurai (laughs) in this should have been 700 samurai because there was a lot there was a lot to choose from well that's real quick talking point before we move on what we can we can talk as we go through the plot of the movie yep so like that my first thought when i watched that scene i'm assuming you're talking about the scene where they 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 first are in town and the camera like yeah it shows every single person walking back and forth and they're all carrying these giant katanas and spears and and nodachis and yeah and my first thought was well like i said in whatever episode we talked about seven samurai it was like episode three or four i don't remember um the like the ones they are looking for are ronin which are samurai samurai was like a was like a class Mm -hmm. back then it was like a hierarchical social class and a samurai was meant a true samurai was meant to have a master who was like a feudal lord of a castle or a town or what, what have you. And his job was, you know, to bring honor to his Lord or whatever. And if a samurai didn't have a Lord, whether by, uh, either being like dismissed by his Lord or whatever, Mm -hmm. his Lord died, he would become a Ronin, which is just a masterless samurai who wandered around looking for work. Yeah. So I was like, are they implying that all of these people walking around are Ronin? Cause I'm pretty sure a masterless samurai was not that super common. 
I mean, I'm sure it was pretty common, but it was not like a fucking crowd of 30 people. 28 of those people are, are masterless samurai. Imagine walking through New York and you stop at like one of the intersections where, you know, the stoplight is waiting for people to walk. Mm-hmm. And then they walk across. That was the amount of samurai yeah. that were walking at one point. The Back amount of forth. samurai was too damn high. It was too damn high. <laughs> and uh yeah, it it was uh it, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. But um kind of long story short for the synopsis is they end up finding these group of samurai. They're and not they a, assemble a ragtag group. Yep, it's a ragtag team. Bring them back to their town. They basically train up the villagers how to help protect the town and Bandits eventually attack. There's some things that go back and forth between there, but they end up winning, but not really. So that was uh, that was pretty much the synopsis of that of that movie. But yeah, I just to kind of go along how I've done it previously is I just kind of wrote things down as I watched. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was anything from descriptions of what was happening to. I thought that was really strange and stuff like that. So I don't mm-hmm. know if you want to just go kind of, kind of back and forth or if you want me to go or you want to go. I don't really care. No, you can go. Okay. So first things first, this movie was three and a half hours long. Yes. I would like to state the obvious. This movie could have easily been two hours long. But if they cut out a bunch of the... There was artistic stuff there was an intermission that takes literal minutes oh yeah it, and it, it it's just on screen where they play sound and it says intermission mm-hmm. and the opening takes quite a bit as well now i i i'm not saying that these things were bad because that's not the part that i'm upset about yeah. but i'm just kind of giving you an idea of like this stuff took a while mm-hmm. um the amount of over exaggerated size and (laughs) stares at people and like like they would do like cuts to people's faces and then like it would be on that face for a solid 15 seconds before any words came out of that person's mouth yep All, all i'm saying is is this the story the script itself for this movie probably an hour and a half to two hours long yeah but because of the fact that they did all of these so over exaggerated like at the very beginning excessive crying sad (laughs) the the town is sad they're all just bent over in the middle of like a road Mm -hmm. in the middle of town and they're all just wailing wailing no one's coming up with anything at the moment they're all just like this is really sad we're gonna continue to be sad and they go on and do this for a while. And then their whole brilliant idea is that they're going to go to the nearby village that is more popular and has samurai in it. And they're going to go hire samurai. But the thing is, is they have no money. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we're going to have to feed the samurai. That's like interesting t- tactic, but okay. that I guess there might be some people out there that just want to do it for yeah that was the the talking point for the for gramps as he's called the old man yeah because he says they make that point to him they they go to old they go to the old man and ask for advice Mm -hmm. on how what they should do to to handle the bandit problem and the old man says we need uh this character uh his name is rikichi he's one of the main character main villager characters 
his idea was that they, we need to go find, we need to hire some samurai and some warriors to help us take out the bandits. And the old man says, his idea is the right one. And then one of the other guys is like, what are we supposed to pay them with? And he goes, find hungry samurai, which that line implies. And then they say it later, a little bit later on while they're actually in town, they're saying, we can't, hi- we can't hire people with money. So the only people who are going to do this are people who are going to do it for some other reason, whether that is glory whether that is food because they're starving and but obviously that breeds the question of well are they wor- worth having there mm-hmm. if they're not a good enough samurai to, to not be starving yep and every single one of the of the seven that they collect are all it's almost like each one is doing it for a separate reason yeah that's something I want to do real quick we should do we should, we should go through the seven so you have the monk so uh, well that's the funny thing Shimada this is Kambe Shimada Okay. Well, I, we'll just use last names so it's easy to remember. Shimada's the leader of the group. Um, he His first scene is establishing his character, which is obviously you don't need to know a lot about Japanese culture to know that samurai had these buns. Mm-hmm. They had these their hair put in these top knots. Yep. And to cut that off was, a, was very... It wasn't dishonorable to cut it off, but... It meant it, you were... Like, yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. And he cut his off in order to disguise himself as a monk Mm -hmm. so that he could save this kid from being killed by a thief who had taken the kid hostage. Yep. So immediately, you know his the the kind of character he is, mm-hmm. and you know as as do the villagers after they see this that like this is one of the this is the first guy we've seen who might help us just because of another reason, which is because he's he sees people in need and he needs to help them. Yep. Which is one of the chivalric codes of being a samurai. It's just often that 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 code is intermingled with other things in Japanese culture like honor and mm-hmm. and 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 loyalty to one's lord so it kind of gets muddy mm-hmm. but that's a very western chivalric idea of like well they see someone in trouble not only is he going to help but he's going to lower himself to help yep because he he cuts off this symbol of his superiority of being a samurai in order to save this little kid mm-hmm. and he has to live with that for the I mean I, I'm sure it'll grow back yeah. But he's got to live with that dishonor of not having a top knot, which isn't a huge fucking deal to the rest of us. Right. But to them, it's a, that's it's the a, thing you have big, to remember when deal. you, yeah. you have to, you have to remember that while you're watching the movie. I told you when, in that first episode where I talked about seven samurai, you have to, it's a very, the way, perfect way to describe it is a, is it's a very Japanese movie. Yeah. It, the, the, the cinematography, like you, you were saying the way that they like, they hold the shot on people's faces. Mm-hmm. That's an extremely Japanese cinema, cinematographic yep. thing to do. Yeah. Uh, because once again, it, it's, they, they, they are such a unified country and they're so similar mentally that as they're watching this person's face show this range of emotions, they know exactly what that person is thinking. They don't need to put script in. Yep. That's just words. They know exact when, like for me, that that popped out the most in the scene when they're where uh, they and we'll get into this this guy because he's one of the seven. They see the master swordsman have his duel, and uh, there's this like you said, there's this shot where uh, Shimada is right here, and then one of his his disciple is right next to him, who's another one of the seven. Which that was one of yeah the other other one of the seven was just he wanted to be like an apprentice yeah I guess Katsuhiro yeah Katsuhiro Katsushiro uh, it's one of those two yeah. yeah 
Um, but their faces are just like going they're, they're literally it's all they're doing is their eyes are going back and forth between the opponents like a mm-hmm. tennis match yep but and we're watching that and going all right speed it up we get it they're looking at the duel but right. a japanese person is watching that and they know every thought and emotion that's going on in their heads because it's 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 about shimada studying it and going he knows this other guy is going to win this duel but how's he going to do it? Because he, he can tell he's a master swordsman. And then the younger one is watching it going, I have no clue what's going to happen. But this is intense. And this is the lifestyle of a samurai. And this is what I bargained for when I became a samurai. It's just they don't take the time to put that into a script because it doesn't need to be said. Yep. And then um, the woodcutter yep. was another one. Heihachi. Yep. Crowd favorite. I fucking loved Heihachi from the moment he stepped on screen. Yep. Uh, after the woodcutter, well, they, they did the whole, like, you stand in the corner, we're going to have them come in the door yeah, and you have to hit them over the head. Yep. And if they get hit on the head, then they're not a master swordsman. Exactly. Like they can't be a samurai. A good samurai wouldn't get hit on the head like that. Right, right, right. And that doesn't work for, is it Gorobe? Gorobe is the one they try that on. Gorobe, he catches it or whatever. Uh, the other one, the drunk samurai, mm-hmm. I thought was the name that you said earlier. Kikuchi, Kikuchiu. Kiku, yeah, it's something. Some, I can't yeah, it's, pronounce it's, it's it. very once again very Japanese. I've just been calling him Kiku. Kiku. All right, yeah. we we can shorten. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry if any Japanese listeners think that's disrespectful. It's just so we can yeah. keep the name straight. Yeah, he was my favorite character. Thank you. Yeah, he, the drunk samurai. You later find out not really a samurai mm-hmm. he's a farmer wannabe samurai but still good good stuff trying to prove himself and whatnot he's so he's so magnetic yeah toshiro mifune is the actor he's so just this every second he is on screen no one else in the, on screen matters mm-hmm. your eyes are just watching him because yep. he's so like magnetic and eclectic and so, charming so I I've got a man crush on him. Okay. I said two separate things about him. Mm-hmm. One, cause he gives off two different vibes. Yes. So I was getting like the, the mythological side of like Sun Wukong. Yes. So like happy go lucky, like, like just a trickster trickster going to like mess with you, but not really do anything bad sort of thing. Yeah. That was one. And then like for people nowadays for like, if if this movie would have been made now, and I know this is whitewashing mm-hmm. and don't take it this way, but he gives off Jim Carrey vibes. He's so like, he's so like, I don't know, random bursts of like energy. Yeah, he's and, energetic. And just like pops around and does all the stuff. And it goes giving me like, I don't know, the, the Grinch, like, like the mask, the Grinch. Like he was giving me vibes like that sort of thing. And uh, that that was what I had for him. He's extremely animated. Yes. Um. The real quick, Goro Bay. Yeah. Is that um just his? He his, was a little bit. Uh, he had the. He was the bald, balder one, but like was bigger. He's a bit a little, tubbier. Big, big, tubbier. He was he was Shimada's second in command. He was okay. like the strategist of the yep. group. Yep. Then there the I don't remember what was it? so hold on the the one that they. The one that was, he went off on his own. Was he the one that got in the duel? Yes, that's Kuzo. Okay. He was, in fact, 
I should have wrote this down. We should probably, in order to, for, especially for people who didn't watch the movie, we should probably say their names and then their role and just call them by their role. Okay. So Shimada is the leader. Leader. He was the older yep. guy, the guy who sat, who's doing this out of the kindness of his heart. Mm-hmm. Then there's his second in command, which is Gorobe. He was the strategist. Yep. So he's the tubbier strategist guy. Yep. Then we, who else did we, Heihachi, he's the, he is, I call him the heart of the team. Because he, they literally brought, he literally outright says when they introduce him, he's like, I'm not a very good swordsman. I'm a shit samurai. And then the guy, Gorobe, the guy who's recruiting him is like, yeah, but, and then when he sees Shimada later, he's like, I got a guy. And Shimada's like, is he good? And he's like, no, he's, he's not a very, he's an amateur swordsman at best, but I think we're really going to appreciate him when times get rough. Mm. And sure enough, like I said, he becomes the heart of the team. So we can just call him the heart of the team. Yep. Um, then Kyuzo, he's the master swordsman. He is by far the most, the, the most skilled swordsman of the entire group. He literally only joins because he's, he's very anime. He's joining j- simply to test his skills. Yep. He's like, this is a losing battle with a bunch of drunk ragtag samurai. None of them are even close to me in skill. So if I can pull this off and, and defend this village, it just proves how badass I am. Right. But he's also not, that makes him sound self-centered, which he's not really. He's not, no. It's just that's the reason he's doing it. Yeah. How many is that? Is that four? Uh, yes. There's four. Because Shijiroji would be next. He is the one that, um, he was Shimada's friend before all this. He was an old friend of Shimada. Yep. And he, I guess we can call him the defender, because he was the one, I believe, who was in charge of like, setting up the defenses of the town yep and he's also a little bit funny that's kind of his role in the team mm-hmm. number six is uh we'll call him the young one because he was the yep. disciple he's yep. the one who, who saw shimada do this that thing where he sacrificed his his sign of his symbol yep. of superiority in order to save someone and he's like that guy's my master yep and then finally we can call him kiku because yep. he deserves a name because he's the best character in the entire movie kiku is the Jim Carrey vibes guy. He, he was very interesting to Mm -hmm. say the least. Uh, what I had on my phone. Um, so there was a, there's a lot of, a lot of positive things. Like, I don't think really any of the samurai that they chose were bad qualities about them. For the most part, I would say, I think that at the heart of everything, they were just wanting to do good. Mm -hmm. One of them, Kiku, was doing it to prove himself, I feel like. Yep. Um, he wanted to, because you go on to find out that he's originally born a farmer. Yes. And because uh, back in the days, it's like if you were born into a family, right, of samurais, basically, and you mm-hmm. kind of grew up either becoming an apprentice to someone in your family or your family wedded someone else and then connected it that way so that you could become a samurai. Mm-hmm. but uh i think it was the i want to say it was the old man the old man said a quote that makes made me really go damn that's a good quote and it was all farmers do is worry whether the rain falls the sun shines or the wind blows in short all they know is fear i'm yes. like I'm like that is i look at my dad and i'm like that's 100 you old man <laughs> Just like all you care is like, oh, we got an inch of rain. Well, we got an inch of rain. Can't can't do anything. Yep. Didn't get didn't didn't get any rain. Oh, we didn't get any rain. This is bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just nothing makes 
nothing makes farmers happy until they see the number uh, come into their bank account. That's, yes. that's, that's the only time that <laughs> farmers are even happy. And then even then farmers are like, oh, we should have waited until prices were higher. <laughs> but uh, no, that, that quote, that quote stuck with me. It was so true. And yeah. uh, it shows how, how, how much importance yep. people back then placed in Japan, at least, although everywhere too, mm-hmm. how, how much, how much weight people put on social yep. class. Yep. Farmers were kind of seen as like, I don't think they were the bottom of the barrel, but they were pretty close to the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. So much so that in a, in a society that's obsessed with honor, mm-hmm. when a farmer did something that showed no honor, nobody got mad. Cause they were like, it's yeah. almost like they're a subhuman. Mm-hmm. It's like, it was, one of the, one of the ways that I, the only time that I saw it happen that I was very confused when I first watched it and it, and it put, it really helped put my brain into the mode of thinking how these people thought was when the samurai finally show up in the village. Yeah. And this really shows the difference in sensibilities between the West and the East. It's because when they show up, the Rikichi, like I said, the main villager dude, is is running around shouting, saying, they're here, they're here, where is everyone? And and all the samurai are kind of just like looking around, like looking confused. And I was like, I mean, they're obviously in their houses. They don't, they're not they're They don't trust the samurai, obviously, because they right. made a point earlier of saying that the samurai could be as bad as the bandits, which is a very rational thought. Yeah. And then I realized after a little bit, everyone starts getting pissed. All the samurai start getting pissed off. And I'm like, why? And then if I come to find out that they're, they were insulted by the welcome. Yeah. And I was like, why is that insulting? That's a very rational and, and logical thing to think that like these warriors, you don't trust them. Well, the thing is, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like people, they assume the worst in mm-hmm. other people. And when you're down on your luck and you are in need of help and the help comes because you asked for help and then no one's there, they're all just like, wow, this was a waste of time. Like, yeah. Why? Why have we come? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Blah 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 blah. So I, I kind of understood on both ends. Like, of course they're scared because samurai, they don't know what they're like. They they're all farmers. They've never really been around that many samurai, and mm-hmm. for all they know, it could be bandits. So yes, in a one way you look at it, it's like, oh yeah, that's a very rational thought process for the farmers. Um, but it's also very uh, judgmental. I guess of them as well in a way. Cause of the samurai, uh, just, just cause they don't know, they don't know that well, they don't know, but also you can't just assume the worst. Yeah. You know? But, but they did. Of course. And, uh, Riku, uh, he got everyone out there by, because he was a farmer. He knows the whole alarm clank on, mm-hmm. on wood or whatever. And they all come rushing, thinking that the bandits are attacking. And then they, they're fine. So. Yeah, and that happened, and I and I watched that, and I was like, "Oh man, these samurai are gonna be pissed." Yeah. And then I look around, and then they show a shot. The first shot they show of the samurai of, of after Kiku is like making faces at him, and they're all laughing. Yeah. And I'm like, that was the first point in the whole movie, which granted is is probably like an hour into the movie, mm-hmm. where I was like, "All right, now I'm getting confused because a whole bunch of shits happening that I was the opposite of what I thought was going to happen." Yep. Like, why are they laughing? This dude just fucking made everyone think that the bandits were attacking. Yep. And then it, it puts you into the frame of mind of like, they're he, they're like, it didn't even cross their minds to be angry because they're like, he's making a point. Yeah. 
and that from that moment on, it becomes clear that Kiku is the is the bridge between the villagers and the samurai. He's and that's that's being made a point even before the point of him being a the, a farmer's son yep. or a farmer's orphan. Clear. Yeah. It's it's almost like that at that point you he's, you already associate him as not being a part of the main group of samurai. He's different in a way that's different than they're all the rest of them are different. Mm-hmm. But then he becomes the bridge where he gets the village. He, I mean, he, all the other samurai are have are not haughty about it, but their honor is simply to go like, what is the meaning of this? What is your problem? You, you expect us to, to help you when you give us this welcome. That's yeah. super ungrateful. It's Kiku who gets down to their level as ironically, as all the samurai are above them on a platform. Yep. He gets down to their level and he says, you bunch of fucking blockheads. Yeah. You, ex- these, you were just a second ago, you were all cowering in fear in your houses. But the second you think something bad's happening, you go, oh, and he's making all these faces like, <laughs> you're going to make all these faces. You yeah. bunch of fucking idiots. Yeah. And all the villagers are like, fair. Yeah. He's, he's talking like a farmer. Yeah. He's talking like he's one of us. Yeah. Uh, I should also state to you that this movie being three and a half hours long, Uh, I did not watch it for three and a half hours. It was around that point in the movie where uh, I I cranked it up to about 1.5 times the speed because I couldn't handle... Oh, you watched it fast forward? I watched it going 1.5 speed. Oh, wow. I didn't even think of that. (laughs) And honestly, so much better because I couldn't handle the exaggerated silences and, you know, just... I understand that that's what they do. Mm -hmm. It's... But for me, I was just sitting there like, I get it. It's too much for it's your kill. Go caffeine riddled Dude. American brain. Like I was, <laughs> like I was on pop number three, and I'm like, go, just do, do the thing. Uh, but you dirty American, you dirty American. Oh no. But uh, yeah, also kind of kind of shitty. The farmers. Uh, maybe I got this wrong. They basically killed the losing samurais. Yes. And got kept all of their shit, like all of their armor and stuff. They basically would kill them, steal their stuff, and then they just hoarded it. So it's kind of amazing that at the end of this movie that didn't happen, that they didn't just try and do it. Just we try to kill the, the remaining the samurai? The remaining samurai. I don't. Know, I got the feeling that they were they that that is one of the main first main points of uh, of the movie where Kurosawa, the director, is like, "All right, this is the point of the movie. This is the whole. This is the thesis statement." Yep. Because they you start off on the samurai side, going, "Are you kidding me? You guys took defaced the bodies of fallen samurai and took their armor and weapons and probably left their naked bodies lying out in the sun." And and did this super super dishonorable, especially in Japan. Yep. This act and and it's it's like a it's it's a flip because you're you're with them on that. You're like, well, yeah, of course, of course, the samurai would be mad. That'd, that'd be a terrible thing to find out. But then Kiku comes in and gives the other side of the fact, which is, what do you expect? This it's your it's the samurai's behavior that pushes people to this to this point. These people are getting attacked. They're asking for help and no one's coming. Everyone's spitting on them. Then not only that, they're sacrificing their own well-being in order to allow or, or in order to convince people to help them. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he basically makes the point of like when we when we first met these villagers, 
They were giving you their rice while they ate millet, which was this super disgusting gruel that was made from the process of getting rice or whatever. Yeah. And when you get to the ha- or when you get finally get to the village, they give you their homes to sleep in and they sleep out in the stables. If you push someone to that point, there's no honor in that either. And unfortunately, yeah. unlike them who their lifestyle isn't about honor, it's about survival. Yep. Your lifestyle is about honor. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a mark on you guys and that's where Shimada's like you're the you're the son of a farmer, aren't you? You're not a real samurai. And he's right. like, yeah, it's like that moment in 13 or 12 Angry Men where it, it's revealed at the, well, I won't spoil that movie. Good, because I haven't seen that movie. We should do a podcast on that movie. Mm, sure. It's four hours long in black and white. Oh, God, another <laughs> black and white one. Uh, but, uh, in ancient Sumerian. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle another <laughs> another language. Um, the They... So basically they find out that they find out where the bandits are. Mm-hmm. They're in a fort nearby. They go in like, they're going to like attack the fort while it's in the middle of the night. Smart strategy, you know, get them while they're sleeping. Plenty. Mm-hmm. It's done plenty of times. Yep. Uh, what was fucked up about that was the dude's wife. Yes. Uh, basically one of the farmer's wives. Rikichi. The yeah. main farm villager yep. dude. The main guy that went to go like find them all. Uh, his they all are like making fun of him, like, you need to get yourself a wife, you need to get yourself a wife or whatever. And he just can't take it. And you go to find out that either A, the wife got taken the first time by the bandits, you know, or B, she chose to go with the bandits. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the first one. Probably the first one. I think she was taken as a concubine. And the looks that she was giving when they burned the place and then she like looked at him and she like couldn't, I don't know if it was like insanity or what, but she just straight up turned around, went right back into the fire. Like it was, it was a bit, it was a bit excessive. Like, I don't, like, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if it was, she was just so filled with guilt or yes, because she did that and then she saw him and couldn't take it. And went and did that, or if she was just like, this isn't going to work. You know, there's multiple... Multi- I, need to, I need to see other people. I'm going to go look for him in here. <laughs> I'm <gonna> go- <laughs> That's not what I meant by it's, this isn't going to work. I meant like the plan, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I, I like the we, first one. It's 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 like uh, Bowser and Peach and Mario. Yeah. Mario goes to Bowser's castle, and they're always like, "Oh, Peach is in another castle." And Peach is like, "Yeah, keep telling him that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm totally not back here because <laughs> he's getting cheated on." But but I, yeah, I I'm pretty sure that it was guilt or mm. sh- it, it's more shame. Yeah. Once again, extreme. It's hard for Westerners to 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 empathize. Yeah. Very Japanese thing to be. And if you think that's fucked up, you should watch uh, Kurosawa's other movie uh, that came before this one called Rashomon. That one is got is just full of that shit of like women. Well, I guess it's just one woman making s- some really weird, culturally different, saying really weird things that you're just as a Westerner you're watching. You're like, what the fuck? is going on through these people's heads. Yeah. And that's a very, that's a hard thing for Westerners to empathize with a person for a woman 
who was captured because through no fault of her own, probably raped multiple times Yep. to the point of just because they were gone. They, they've been, she'd been gone for months. Yeah. Like uh, probably close to a year at that point to the point where she gets freed from the ordeal. That wasn't her fault to the, in the first place. And she sees her husband and she can't live with the shame of being defaced like that yep. and says the own literally, He's right there. I could walk to my husband and be free with my husband. The only option though is for me to kill myself because there's, there's, I'm so, I'm such damaged goods and that seems so toxic yeah. to, to, to the Western mind. And I mean, I'm not saying that it is or it isn't. Um, it's definitely, me it is, it's but. definitely a different part of the world yes. and it was a different era. Yes. Uh, just like we had different parts things that we have in our past that we're like, you look back, you look back and you're like, Jesus, like that was really a thing that Mm -hmm. happened, but it happens all over. It's not just here. It's not there. It's everywhere. This movie takes place in the 1600s, by the way, for those of you didn't know. Right. Uh, during that attack, one of the samurai is killed. I was Um, so fucking sad, which just goes to show. Don't bring swords to a (laughs) gunfight. You son of a bitch. Stupid <laughs> samurai. You get shot. Pew, pew. You die. Unless you are Haishiro Mitsurugi. Don't bring a katana to a gunfight. Yeah. And if then... you're Mitsurugi, go ahead. Because you'll <laughs> slice the bullet in half and then kill the gun. You never played Soul Calibur, did you? I mean, I've, I've played Soul Calibur. That was Mitsurugi's thing. Okay. Didn't know there was guns in Soul Calibur. So now I'm very... Oh, I guess the, the, no, the, the one pirate guy was... Well, it's gun. just his backstory. Oh. He's like a samurai who's trying to be the best warrior in the land. Once again, very Japanese mm-hmm. thing to think of like, well, I'm not the best swordsman in the land unless I beat the best weapon in the land. And that's probably the thing that you pull, push a button and then they die. Most of the time. Yes. So if I can beat that, I'm the best swordsman. The I best. push a button on my controller and people die. It's... I, I push a button and he swings his sword. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, Yeah. They end up having like a post-funeral sort of thing for him. And then they get attacked during that funeral by the bandits. Um, They think they counted three guns that they could think of. And they're like, we really need to do something about this. And the badass, the the, master swordsman, swordsman just goes, I'll be back. (laughs) Literally goes into the the mountains, goes into the mountains, like... I will state it's like foggy as he walks into the fog, comes back, and he's just holding a gun. And he gives him the, he hands him the gun. He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I killed like two or three of them. Yeah. You, that, that scene is so fucking badass because you're like, you're actually watching it going, I don't, I, I'm in the same boat as these people. I actually don't know if he's going to make it back. Right. Like, it, it would be very epic if he just walks back with a fucking gun. Too epic to think that it would actually happen. And then it fucking happens. Yeah, he just literally shows up, like, hands the gun off, and says, I got two of them. And then just goes to take yeah. a nap. Goes, it's like, I'm going to take a nap now. Yeah. And they're just like, Jesus. Jesus. Man, like, I'm glad he's on our side. Get you expect him to it's like the Adam Sandler glad I called that <laughs> you expect him to come back and he maybe has a gun or he says that he killed a bunch of them but he's mortally wounded right right and he's gonna drop dead and then there's another dead samurai but he comes back and I kept waiting for him to like do the movie thing where he pulls his shirt open a little it's bit and you see the whole see the whole yeah 
but doesn't happen. Doesn't He's happen. just that big of a badass. Yep. Uh, basically, Kiku mm-hmm. tries the same thing. That rascally devil. He does it for a completely different reason because yes. he wants to prove himself. Mm-hmm. Wants to show that he's just as good. He does it, gets the gun, comes back, and like because he did it, just brings this entire force of bandits to the gate and basically causes a preemptive attack from the bandits. Yeah. And another samurai ends up dying during Gorobe. that time. Yep, the, that was Shimada's second in command. He yep. gets killed. And Kiku is just, like, beside himself. Like, he's so upset because he realizes, like, it was his fault. It happened. And uh, I guess I should say the other thing that was kind of happening on the side was the apprentice, the disciple. Yes. So there, the one, was that the, the guy that's wife killed himself? Was that his daughter? No. That, that was, was a different, 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 so a different guy's daughter. Yes. This guy, before the samurai even got there, went kind of insane and was like, you, need to, like, you need to cut your hair and wear men's clothes. Because he thought Because he thought all samurai were just going to come pillage and rape just yeah. like the bandits did. Yep. And she refuses and he, like, does the terrible father. Gets the belt did, out. Get, in a way, I mean, it goes, cuts cuts her hair, makes it like a hack job. And forces her to wear guys' clothes. And that kind of sprung up everyone's fear at the beginning. Yeah. Of their, because his whole one guy saying, I can't let them touch my daughter, you know, blah, 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 like spoiled goods or whatever, whatever however yeah, they say exactly. it. Exactly. And it got a lot of other people thinking, like, oh, what if, yeah, what if these samurai come and they're all rapists and they're going to just take whatever they want whenever they want, you mm-hmm. know? And because of that one guy, but it ends up the a disciple and this girl end up having a relation and it's just so like innocent and probably nothing crazy happens. And then it's like at the end that he catches them, like not in the act, but like, <laughs> but like knowing of the, act. knowing that something just happened. Yeah. It was probably sex, yeah. but we don't know that they don't show you. Cause you know, it's, Japanese and they don't show that stuff, but I don't think we would either back yeah, then. Well, <laughs> this yeah, movie back, was from back, the fifties. Back in the fifties, you know, that's they, that, they they give you the idea that something happened behind closed doors. That was a very risque thing to do back then too, is, yep. and even imply that. Yep. And have it be a major story point. And you think about that now, like that in in today's movies, that would be like the like a a really really like good thing yeah like the budding romance of young lovers in yeah. the time of war yep once again very japanese very mindset to go so it was very strange because she was 100 percent like for it for it just but she was like just do it like closing her <laughs> eyes and he's just like what, what do you want me to do like i thought we were talking <laughs> and then then of course he as all guys do we don't know we don't know when people are talking to us in that manner. So exactly. it's just like goes right over our heads. Yep. But uh, yeah, then eventually the dad, the night before the, the big battle. Yeah. They're like, go, go to your family, be with your, your, be with your wives, be with your family, be with your daughter or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he sees them like coming out of an enclosed <laughs> little loft type thing door. I don't know. And she just has a smile on her face, and you you just assume 
but they did the deed. They just played chess. They played so many games of checkers. <laughs> she, she, he definitely uh, queened her king. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, for yeah. dang sure. That's accurate. And uh, yeah, he goes crazy. I don't, I don't know. Does he? He doesn't. He just like disowns her, right? Yeah, he basically. Like, just, I don't know if he was planning on killing her. Yeah, uh, he was gonna do something. I don't know what, but they stopped him and uh i would also like to throw this out there this was another thing the bandit strategy is fucking terrible oh yeah like hey so they've got this opening we're gonna go through a couple horse at a time just like one or two and then we'll let them tear us apart <laughs> and then we'll retreat and we'll send one or two people and do it over and over again until we're dwindled down to like 13 or so left yep. of them and I just thought that was stupid. I'm like, why didn't you just have all of your guys go in at once? You could have just ended it. But oh, you don't think bandits were very intelligent back then? I'm sorry, you were able to take all these other towns over, and it was just fine. But <laughs> now you have some sort of competition. Well, it shows you how cowardly farmers were, at I least guess. in the story. Yeah. Because they were they were implying that there wasn't even a fight before they would show up and the farmers would just give them whatever they wanted. Yep. Because they. I will. Uh, so I, I I take it back. The bandit strategy was terrible, except for the ones that went for the women and children. Yeah, like the leader at at the end. The leader, however, with his awesome helmet. Yep. Piece, whatever you would call that, the half crescent moon. Yep. Thing on his head. Uh, they go for the women and children. Which is, I think that's how Kiku dies, isn't it? Like yeah, he, he goes into, well, to save the women and children and to avenge Kuzo. Yeah. Because Kuzo had just died Yep, right before him. Yep. He goes and he attacks one or two of them, ends up getting killed. Same with the badass. Yep. The mountain, the mountain man. The, <laughs> the one that just went off and got himself a gun out of nowhere. But, uh. Yeah, at the end of it, you just see, you know, the farmers are happy. They're planting. They're planting next season's. They're having a party. Crop. They're all happy singing. And then it's just the three samurai that are left, and they're looking up at the four. Like the vis the visual of the end was kind of wild because you have four burial plots mm -hmm. with the swords sticking out of them. Yep. And then you had a bunch of smaller ones for the people that died during it as well, like mm -hmm. below it. It's just a very impactful yes. uh, visual. Um, what I say to that is the three guys at the end, they're, they're all just like, what did we really accomplish? I mean, yeah, it's like, yes, we saved this village, but we also lost a lot of good people. Lost four samurai, all of the farmers that died in this battle. Just And it just ends like that mm -hmm. and to that i say where is my seven samurai two <laughs> i want i want there to be another one but it's like the three samurai i thought that would that actually be pretty cool like and a modern one well you you well can can we add cybernetics can they all be samurai in the 23rd century Oh, I was just saying, I thought it'd be cool to have a movie that's set right after that one. Well, yeah. Made sure. today. Sure. And it's, it's, I mean, I guess you'd have to find some cool Japanese actors who could like play the mm -hmm. the three that survived, which would be hard. They're all, all of this, every actor who played one of the seven samurai is amazing. Yeah. Even the young one did a phenomenal job. Yeah. So it's like. I, 
my my rating of the movie uh as is three and a half hour long movie Mm -hmm. i give it 7.9 it was a good movie just just right around right around great Mm -hmm. good good to great if it had been two hours this would have been the uh closer to a nine for me really yeah it would have been a lot better in my opinion but i just i understand that my mindset is much different than the mindset of 1950s and 60s japanese people like Mm -hmm. i understand that that is the and maybe that's just the whole thing of any samurai movie ever is just like the silent the silent moments that are like over extended like it's just stuff that takes super long like there's the whole thought of like when two samurai get into a fight with one another and it happens in the seven samurai where those two guys go at each other and they both do one move, but the setup for that one move for both of them took two minutes for them to get into their stances that they wanted. And then it was one slice. Yep. Do you know how fast a gun can shoot a bullet? (laughs) A bullet literally like a millisecond can kill, can kill someone. They had to wait two to three minutes of prep time. And then getting into their correct, comfortable positions that mm. they wanted because they changed them like two or three times. Yeah. They're like, you know what? I don't like this one. We're going to go for this. <laughs> we're going to go for the for the flying broomstick. No, no, no. We're going for the striking dragon where it's the sword above the head. No, no, no. Actually, we're going for the silent killer. And it's just <laughs> off to the side. like. And then they just, there's the trope that samurai all they have <laughs> yeah, all they have to do is they'll put their sword back into its hilt and then they'll just ching, ching. And then whatever <laughs> whatever they attack just explodes in blood yeah or or like their head gets decapitated awesome and i i've 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 watched enough anime i've watched enough movies tv shows where it happens all the time mm-hmm. i if it's done correctly it's awesome of course but if I have to wait five minutes before that guy goes <laughs> ching, I'm I'm gonna lose my shit. That's it's too long. It's too long. You you get you get thirty seconds from the time <laughs> that you sucks. made your move to the time that you want the battle to be over. And that's that's if it's gonna be one strike, does it? That's that's what I'm saying. Make okay. make your kills decisive. I think you have just a little bit too much ADHD, Greg. <laughs> Listen. Here's my here's my side of that is that I and they do touch upon this in like in in later western movies because Kurosawa was very much influenced by westerns when making this movie and it's a it's a catch 22 because then this movie influenced like a shit ton of western uh, western and I don't mean western like american I mean western like actual like, like wild guns, west guns in the wild west Yeah there's a reason this was remade in the west yeah. it's because it's it's clearly the the plot beats are a Western movie because Kurosawa liked Westerns and he wanted to make a Western. But the, the difference between what you said, a gun is quick. A gun, it just happens. Listen, the guns are quick. Yes. I will also state that duels in wild, wild West movies take way too long. There you go. It's okay. the, all right, we're going to turn around and count to 10. <laughs> <laughs> and you hear the the ching ching from their footsteps because yeah. you know those spurs yep. are so excessively loud 
and then draw and then they don't do anything well they do the they do the fucking back and forth they show a shot of the one guy yeah and then a shot of the other guy and then a shot of the first guy with a bead of sweat going down his head oh, and the other guy's hand twitching and then the other guy with a tumbleweed behind him and then one shot of the villagers hiding in the in the general store and then yeah. a shot of the first guy again and it's like all right. And then there's the and then there's the guy while everyone's watching. He's stealing all the money out of the cash <laughs> register. He's just like <laughs> they're all focused on them. But no. Uh, but the 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 thing the reason why I think that's different is because and why I think this is such a masterpiece of a movie and why Kurosawa is a master director is that it even in the parts where it's not actiony, there's always this tension happening. And that, I don't know if that's specifically Japanese or if it's specifically Kurosawa, which mm-hmm. is weird to say. I hope people understand when I say that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, there's always this tension. There's so much tension that even after the action happens, it's still holding the tension. The two spots that come to mind are, of course, the first scene with Shimada. He goes and he dresses himself up as a monk. He goes into this house in order to try to save this kid from a thief and you hear this scuffle and the thief runs out of the building and then in slow motion he falls because you're not sure of like what just happened is he he's just standing there what's going on and he looks terrified and it's because he's already dead yeah and then the next scene is that duel between Kuzo the master swordsman and then the dude that was disrespecting him they do the one slice and and they just hold their spots it's very anime they just hold their spots and everyone's kind of like what's going on and then the guy falls in slow motion Technically, anime is very 1950s. That's true. Uh, Japan Japanese movies. That is very very true. Yes, I did read that a lot of animes are here. The way animes are is because of Kurosawa's work, most specifically Seven Samurai. They and said this is this is by far the most influential Japanese or, or or Eastern movie that's ever been made. Right, right. And I'm and and I'm and I'm gonna say it again. It's not a bad thing to have the long process before it happens, but it has to be done in a way that's exciting for me. The constant camera angles, just looking back and forth between the two people, just staring at one another, doesn't do it for me. In anime, they're somehow charging up. Their, <laughs> yeah. their like key is going around their body, and oh, yes, man. okay. Don't don't get me started <laughs> on Dragon Ball. This is. I don't need a three-hour episode of just ah, next time on Dragon Ball Z. Did they actually ah. do that? Was there actually an episode there where he literally ep- charged up the entire episode? There was one episode where he is trying to charge up, I believe, to the third Super Saiyan. Mm-hmm. And it takes so long because he goes instant one, instant two. And then from two to three, it takes forever. But they do cuts to like different, like they have him doing it and like the earth shaking. And then they cut to a different yeah. ca- character group. And they're talking like it's happening at and, the same time. And then they come back and he's still like charging it. It's like the energy waves is going crazy. Imagine if this 1950s movie <laughs> would have had energy wave just pulsing from all of these samurai. Now it makes me intrigued to actually watch that. Uh, the anime version. The anime version. Uh, because I, I, I don't know where if it's on Netflix or where, but I, I might end up taking a dab at that and see uh, see w- how that goes i have it if you want to borrow it you have the this whole, the whole series oh god you have I'm, this 
You have the anime itself? I I borrowed it from a well, he pushed it on me. A friend was like, You gotta watch this. And then uh he just never spoke to me again. He died. He died. Yeah. He might have died. I don't know. Well, that's unfortunate. But I'm like, all right, well, I guess this is mine now, because <laughs> he's just not he's just not communicating with me, so hey, I have it if you want to borrow it. Hey guy out there that did that. <laughs> that thing you lent Evan. He still has uh, it. No, no, no. Actually, I gave that back, and I bought, went out and bought my own copy that is quite scuffed up and used. And has your initials and on it. And has your initials on it. Don't worry about this. I put those there myself. Yep. To Just remember, that. you buy, because you died. Because you died. You passed <laughs> away. Oh. The, the thing about, and then once again, I'm not going to keep hounding on this, but I guess... And I will admit, maybe it's just because I was the first time I watched it, I was just so enamored by the 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 technique of it. Because another thing that I thought was fucking crazy was that obviously this is the 1950s. Um, the studio wanted Kurosawa to build mock-ups on a lot, like a stu- a movie lot, like everyone else, the way everyone else does movies. Mm-hmm. Kurosawa said, "No, we're going to go out into the fields and we're going to build the actual buildings." And I understand he actually said this. He's like, I understand that will make filming hard because you can't, it's harder to film around actual buildings than it is around mock-up buildings that you can take out walls and shit. Mm-hmm. But he's like, I feel like having period accurate looking buildings and full buildings that we can dress and decorate to look real will aid in the performances of the, of the actors. Yep. Everything you see in this movie, the village that they're in, the fields, it's all fucking like real think i read that if this had been in today's day and age like with inflation and everything this mm-hmm. would have been the most one of the most expensive movies yep. uh in in japan absolutely uh at the time so like if you would at, at the time it, it was i don't know the exact dollar amount but it was so much more expensive than like even the second highest movie or something yeah. like that this this was being made at the same time the first Godzilla movie was being made, mm-hmm. and that this was going to compete with that. Yeah, which is why he said, "You, if you want to compete with that, you have to give me my butt." It's a hilarious story or snippet that they said that I think they said either two or three times. I don't remember. I think it was twice. Uh, they put production on hold for the movie because they were like, "We're not sure if we're going to even make this movie at this point." There's so much shit happening. Kira Kurosawa. Heard that news, went fishing, calmly went fishing, and returned to continue making the movie. Because he kept, whenever they would do that and say, put halt production, we don't know if we're doing this. He knew, he's like, they've already sunk all this money and they're not going to pull production now. That would be a, it'd be a waste of money to spend this amount of money and not at least have a movie to show for it, even if it does terribly in the theaters. Yep. So he was like, it was almost like it was them giving him a break because he's like, I don't have to shoot. I'm just going to go calmly fish because I don't think they're going to pull the plug. Mm-hmm. And then we would return and they would say, all right, keep making the movie. And he would make the movie and yep. he would painstakingly do it. That's why I was saying I, I'm so, I, I was obsessed with the technique of how he made this movie. And maybe that's coloring how much I care about those long pauses. Cause I did have that thought as I was watching it. I was like, there are a lot of very long shots of one thing. And I can understand how that would be boring to people. But I looked at it, I went into it, not having ever seen a Kurosawa movie, hearing my entire life about how he is one of the most masterful directors to have ever lived. And I was like, I'm going to just go into this each time I'm confused about something. I'm going to put my head in the, in or my 
head in the frame space of he's such a masterful director that there has to be a reason for this. Mm -hmm. So as those pauses were happening, I was more lenient with him. And I was like, I know why he's doing this. There's no, it's not like he was like, Oh, put, put a shot of Shimada and Katsuhiro's face here for about 40 seconds. Have them look back and forth. And then, uh, that'll bring us to about 30 minutes in this one scene. So then we'll do this. It's like, he's, he's saying, put the shot there, show Shimada looking at Kyuzo, go back to the guy that he doesn't think is going to win. Back to Kyuzo. He knows what's going to happen. He doesn't know how it's going to happen, but he knows. Show Katsuhiro in the shot too. He doesn't know what's going to happen, but he can feel his master's tension because every once in a while, I'm going to tell the guy who's playing Katsuhiro to steal a tiny little look at his master as if to try to absorb what his master's thinking because he wants to be just like him. Mm -hmm. I want all of that in the shot. That needs to be in the shot. Right, right. And, so, and I understand why you feel the way you do. But. And I'm not saying that, because like I said, 7.9 as is, mm -hmm. with speeds of 1.5, it goes up to an 8.2. But <laughs> if it had been two hours, it would have been about an 8.9 or so. Yeah. Would have went up about a solid point in my book. Would have been very good. Um, jokingly, maybe. But... Uh, <laughs> There, there, There is a couple of things that I thought could have made this movie so much better. Mm -hmm. uh, one, if Matthew McConaughey was in it. <laughs> well, which one of the seven would he be? If they recast... If they recast and made it like a whitewashed yeah. version of it. Like a like a it's like a medieval knight version of it. So I've already I've already said that Kiku would be Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Uh, Matthew McConaughey would be uh, he'd be the leader. Oh, he thinks so? well. Well, yeah, he'd I be. Kind of see that he'd be. He's oh, a little young. All right, all right, all right. He doesn't he doesn't look old. Yes. Um. Uh. Jonah Hill. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. As who? Goro Bay or, or uh, Shijihiro? I or want Shijichoji? I want Jonah. I want Jonah, and I want uh, the McLovin character. Oh God! <laughs> oh God! And he could, Mince Place he could or be he could be the apprentice that just looks up. Oh, God, <laughs> up to Matthew McConaughey. Yes. Yes. Okay, that's actually comedic genius. Yes. Uh, and then we we get Michael Sarah in there. As who? Uh, the quiet mountain killing man. As the master sword? <laughs> hey, you cleaned up this room. <laughs> he's he's stomping out people. Evan is gone. We no longer see Evan again. Uh, so uh, that this is fun. I I can't wait to tell him who my next person is. He's not going to be ready for it. Uh, we'll see. Oh, stay. oh God, he never left. He just slammed the door. Spoiler alert, Greg, that's what I do every time. I thought you always went outside. No, I just open and close the door. Oh, that's unfortunate. A little movie magic for next door nerds. Damn it. I can't support this. In fact, I'll probably be picketing this movie you're making. Well, hold on. I'm going to redeem it. Oh, yes. yes. I dare you to. Okay. So who do I have left? Uh, uh, you have um, Heihachi, the comedic heart of the team, and... Uh, Whoever you said, you said Jonah Hill for either Gorobe, which is the second, the chubby second in command, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or Shiji Choji mm -hmm. as like the fat one who's like in charge of the defense. Uh, the one, oh, shit, 
I was gonna, I can't do that. I was gonna say we get the wedding crashers involved. Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Oh boy. <laughs> You're not redeeming this so far. <laughs> wow. Wow. There's bandits attacking. There's bandits wow. attacking the town. We wow. should we should take the women. Wow. <laughs> God, I can't. I can't even. Uh, and then M- Morgan Freeman. All right, fine. Okay, got, <laughs> got him. Got him. Morgan Freeman as the old villager man. Is the old villager oh, Gramps? Yes. Uh, but no. You must go into town and find some swordsmen. I don't. I'm not, I don't. I don't even want to try a Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Clearly, because you've learned from my terrible impression. Well, it wasn't terrible. It was substandard. Uh, second, secondly, because mm-hmm. just saying, uh, if it was done in color and if it was CGI <laughs> and <laughs> I'm just digging myself a hole, but, uh, if there was Mountain Dew logos everywhere, Mountain Dew logos and nonstop hot pocket commercials. Yup. And Shaq was there. Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal is actually, uh, the bandit leader, the bandit leader. Yes. Yes. No, no, Shaq is Sheena, the girl that oh, the young no. one falls in love with. <laughs> Why? With McLovin? No. no. Yes. No. Do not. I know you people have been making TV shows and movies based off of what you hear off this podcast, but stop it. Oh, God. Yeah. What have you created, Greg? Well, I could just add a postmortem person in there and oh, yeah. bring it all back. Just say, what? what like, how would you actually physically react if, like, something of what we just said actually comes to fruition? Like, how would you react if next week we we didn't even... All of that put aside, we heard that they're remaking Seven Samurai. How would you react? The coincidence is it too big. It, it can't be whitewashed. You can't do... You can't do that. No, of course not. But you can with the Magnificent Seven and stuff like that, because that's a Western. Yeah. But I would think... By that time, Jackie Chan could be the old man, or yeah, he could. Yasha- Yashama, or the the main leader, the monk guy. Yeah, Shimada. Yeah. Um. So he'd either be the old man, or he could be that. Uh, if we're talking realistically, um, it would absolutely one hundred percent have to include Hiroyuki Samada. Um, he is like my favorite Japanese actor. He, the only thing he's really known for here in the U.S. is he was. I I talked about it. He was a uh, scorpion in mm. the new Mortal Kombat movie. Yep. And he was also, if you, everyone needs to know, wants to know what he looks like, because uh, everyone has seen Endgame, Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. He is that like Japanese crime boss that Hawkeye kills in the very beginning of the movie. Oh, in the rain. Right. Yeah. Ex- excellent fucking actor. Yep. Amazing actor. Gorobe could be played by uh, Wong in from the Avengers BD Wong? Movie. Yeah. Yep. Yep, I would. Want no, Benedict Wong, not BD Benedict Wong. Wong. BD Wong, he could play. He could play Kuzo. BD Wong could play Kuzo. Okay. BD Wong is is Wu from the Jurassic Park movies, um, and Shang from Mulan. Hmm. I don't know who else. It's just showing I, our ignorance. By I don't know Mulan. enough. I don't know enough Japanese or yeah. Chinese or English actors that are Chinese or don't even speak it. You know, yeah. Chinese, whatever. Like Donnie Yen, she's Chinese, but you also said Jackie Chan, who's also Chinese. So right, right, right. That I, does technically make us racist. I, I don't mean to be, but yeah. if the shoe fits, no, 
No. No, the shoe doesn't fit. It doesn't, it doesn't fit. Yeah, you're right. That is not the right thing to yeah. say. I'm going <laughs> I'm going to hell. I'm going to have to. I mean, I'm not racist, but if the shoe fits, it means I'm racist. <laughs> Oh. No, Greg. I was asking you what would what would how would you react if if like you said people are clearly listening to this and making shit. How would you react if next week they came out that they were remaking this and it proves like would that absolutely prove that someone in Hollywood is listening to this podcast because it's happened three times now at this point. Yeah, with the Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, and something else I don't remember. Scott Pilgrim, the Harry Potter TV show. Yep. Uh, and the third thing, no, it hasn't happened yet, but if the Incredibles three happens, then, oh, yes. then I, then I win. Yes. But there was a third thing. I just can't remember what it was. Hmm. Uh, I think I should reiterate. I am not racist. <laughs> I just like to say funny things. Yeah. Which... I, I can second that Greg is not racist. Uh, he wants, um, I can see written on his little notepad over there. Never mind. Just in big words, <laughs> not racist. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, but well, real quick, let's end the episode by going through my little list. Okay. So you already gave your rating. Yep. 7.9. Yep. Mine's a 10.0. Yep. Cause that's the highest it can be. Could have turned it up to 11, but okay. I'll, all right. Then I'm taking that 11 out of 10. Okay. Um, best character. Kiku. Kiku. I agree. 100%. Yeah. Although what we'll do. What's your, who's your second favorite character? Cause Kiku's a given. Um, the badass. Kuzo. Yeah. He's pretty fucking cool, man. Yeah. And he's third, so calm. Third would be the old man, if you had to ask. The not 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 the old old man, the, the yeah, the leader. Yeah. Yeah. I think Shimada, the leader, I think he's my second favorite. I, I, like I said, I saw that first scene and that at least I understood about Japanese culture that I understood the significance of him cutting off his ponytail yep. or his top knot. And when I saw that he was doing it to save a kid, I was like, yeah. That that character is probably my favorite. It's a good man. And then Kiku came on, and I'm like, God damn! There's a lot of good characters in this movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also love Heihachi. I was I was very very sad when he died. Mm. But uh, yep, uh, I, there's not really a point in asking what your best enemy is because they're all just bandits. Um, the best enemy. Can I say the one that the old lady got to kill? Oh yeah, yeah. She so the there was this old lady in it that. Uh, her no no one in her family is left it's just her and they like capture one of them one of the bandits and she straight up just goes out there with like a what would you even call it not a pickaxe but sort of a pickaxe yeah kind of but like a farming tool like a hoe of some sort Mm -hmm. and she can barely lift this thing up and it's just like she's gonna kill this man yep and she's gonna get vengeance for her family so that one nice Mine is the uh, the scout that Kiku fucking I fucking laughed so hard. Oh, what he said! I see we didn't talk about that either. Like he blended in, he like took off the uh, headdress or whatever of the other guy and like yeah. put it on, and then just snuck up right next to the guy that had a gun, and he's like, "Oh, hey, hey man, hey man, how's it going? Like, yeah. how's your shift going, man? How's your shift?" He just like looks at him, like sees his, sees he has a sword, like. Uh-huh. Oh shit! And then he chase, they chases him, God, steals the so gun. So fucking funny. Yeah. So, like that proves that it's possible to be funny in the fifties. A lot of people our age are like, those movies are all right, yeah. but they're not funny. I watched that and I was like actually laughing out loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else is on your list of favorite things? moment? 
best moment? Favorite moment. Gotta be when the badass comes back through the fog. Through the fog. With the gun and just like, damn, that was a badass thing to do. And he just throws it off like it was nothing. Here's a gun. I killed eight of them. I'm going to go take a shower. (laughs) Basically, it's kind of how it went. Of course, now if that was made, it couldn't just be 40 people. Oh, no, it'd be like 300. If now, now it'd be like seven versus a thousand. Yeah, of course. And they'd each kill like a couple hundred. Yeah. Yeah. It's very grounded in reality. Yeah. It's it's kind of realistic. I mean, like, yes, seven samurai could probably kill 40 people. It's 40 untrained bandits. Untrained bandits. And it shows how professional they are because throughout the movie, as they're fighting, Shimada, the leader, is keeping track of how many they've killed. So he can be like, there's like 20 left. Marking it off on the map or whatever on the side. It's like, you don't think about that. In today's movie, they'd just be killing thousands of people and not really blinking an eye. This is very real. It's they like, would have uh, imagine a, a samurai movie today where they don't do the one guy versus one guy anymore defined by one strike. It's ching 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 yeah. ching 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 like like constant back forth. And, back forth cuz it's action and it gets people's hearts pumping and it's mm-hmm. like oh god oh god is he going to get him is he going to get him Yeah. Back in the day maybe it was just wasn't the thing, you know. Well, it, it, the, I mean I, I, that is one thing that I don't want to discredit because obviously when we watch, like we watch those scenes of, I don't know. I, I don't know why this is the first thing that pops in my head. Cause I haven't even seen this movie, but I imagine that happening in like that 47 Ronin movie with Keanu mm-hmm. Reeves, mm-hmm. where he's just like fighting, a, like he fights off like 15 people and kills them all. Like, yeah, one at a time. And it's all like a choreographed dance scene as opposed to this like super real single slice attack from this movie when we see those action-packed fast choreography scenes they're still cool like they're it's fun to watch but it's not near as impactful as watching two dudes who you're like i have no clue if either of these guys are going to win and in reality they take one hit and that's all it takes so would do you do you prefer that style of combat in your movies uh yes I tend to enjoy the scenes where it's one-on-one. I'm going to make you lie right now. Why? Star Wars. Yeah, they're fighting one-on-one. No, 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 no. One defining slice, like, ends it. Oh, well, that makes that makes sense, though, because they're they're fighting with... Lightsabers. Yeah. But, no, you, would never, is... you would never hear the... Exactly, yeah. It would just be... You got to have... You got to put ass in seats. Dead. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that though, because there is a scene in a Star Wars something that is that. And for I'm sorry for people who don't want me to spoil this, but I'm I'm saying I'm spoiling it for Greg because it I want to make my point and I don't think you're gonna watch this, so it's fine. In uh Rebels, okay the TV show. Uh in case you didn't know, in Star Wars Canon, Darth Maul from episode one, the horned mm-hmm. dude, yep. he survives getting sliced in half. Mm. And he spends all of Clone Wars and all of Rebels trying to get back to Obi-Wan in order to get his vengeance and kill him. Mm. Like those two shows combined, that's like 14 seasons. That's insane. There's an episode in Rebels where he finally meets Obi-Wan out in the desert and Obi-Wan looks like old man Obi-Wan, like yep. literally exactly like that he does in the fir- in the fourth movie. Yep. And Darth Maul's like I'm here to exact my vengeance and Obi-Wan's like he's like you're not going to you're not going to get the peace you seek by fighting me. 
at least not in the way you expect it. And I'm here protecting something super important so I can't fail. And then Darth Maul, they set up this super long, like, dark talk between them. And then they both get their lightsabers out and there's the tents back and forth. And then Darth Maul lunges at him and there's three hits and then Obi-Wan slices him. Mm. It's fucking badass as all fuck, man. It's one of the coolest fights in all of Star Wars and there's three hits. Mm, okay. And um, it shows just how much of a master swordsman Obi-Wan is because he baits Darth Maul into doing the movie once by going out of his stance and going into Qui-Gon's, which is the person that Darth yep. Maul killed. Yep. So he gets him to do the same move because he knows he's going to do it for the poetic justice of killing Obi-Wan the same way he killed his master. And he feigns him and fucking slices him in half again. <laughs> and then he gives him peace as he dies. And then they save a village and yep. all of the farmers give them food. Yes. And yeah, mm -hmm. there's a lot of rice, a lot, of, lots of rice, a lot of millet, a lot of millet, uh, real quick. Cause uh, I think we're going to wrap this up soon. We'll end with my best moment. Cause I didn't get to talk about it at all throughout this. Um, my best moment was the moment when they is the scene where the bandits burn down the house with the gramps still inside. And mm. I know that sounds terrible to say that that's my favorite moment of the entire movie. But what happens Why is... Why do you have a grin on your face? <laughs> old man die. No. The, the the old man and his two kids, or like his daughter, or his family members, Yep. They, they run in to try to save him and then they die too. But Kiku runs in and saves a baby. Yep. And as he's holding this baby, is it raining? Yeah, something like that. Maybe. Yeah. But there's, he's in like this, he's like waist deep in water right outside this house that's on fire and it's nighttime. And he's holding this baby and he just fucking breaks down. It is a fucking masterful performance mm -hmm. from the guy who spent this entire movie running around like a rubbery idiot, making weird faces and laughing. Monkey D. He, Luffy. Exactly. Yep. Jim Carrey. Yep. He fucking breaks down and says, this is exactly what happened to me. Yeah. I, my farmer parents got killed and I was saved and spent the rest of my life an orphan. He's like, the cycle's continuing. Yep. And I was like, if this movie wasn't a 10, it's a 10 now. That is such a powerful scene. Mm -hmm. And it's powerful no matter what fucking part of the world the movie's from. Doesn't yeah. matter if it's Japan. Doesn't matter if it's Sweden, America, the moon. That scene is just like... It, it, it feels like that's what, and since Kiku is such a lovable character, mm -hmm. brings the whole thing together into like, that's what this movie's about. Well, you see, Evan, when you play it at 1.5 times speed, oh, geez. it sounds like he's laughing the entire time, but he's crying. That's sad, Greg. So imagine me over in the corner, like, I don't know how to feel <laughs> as I'm watching. Cause it's like, I know this is a sad moment, but the dude just kind of sounds like, <laughs> oh my God. I'm just like, is he laughing or should I slow it down? Well then uh, I'm sorry, Greg, you missed out on a powerful piece of cinematic history. Uh, it, it still worked for me. Oh, it did. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. So all in all, it was a good movie. I fucking love this movie. Uh, it was probably one of the first, okay. Well, not the first I've seen black and white movies, but from the fifties has to be like one of the first movies I think I've ever seen from the fifties. Really? I don't think I've, the only other one I could think of is like the old, uh, miracle on 34th street, 34th street. Yeah. I think I've seen that before and whatever, uh, 
the other Christmas movie is where wakes up never existed. Wonderful life. Yeah. Which is another fucking 10 out of 10 movie. Yeah. So, but all those are like Christmas movies. So this was like the first non Christmas movie for me to watch. It could be a Christmas movie if you want it to be. Seven Samurai. Defended the defended the village from Santa Claus. Defended the North Pole village from the attacking corporate Americans. Yes. The elves are so thankful for you. Yes. But, uh, no, it's good. I enjoyed it. So I'm glad. Just wait for when we do Days and Confused. Days and Confused. <laughs> you won't be able to get a f- smile. You won't be able to knock the <laughs> smile off my face. But, uh, but yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. So, uh, we, I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Those of you who watched it with us. If not, play us at two times speed. It'll sound better. There you go. But uh, I'm sure they do anyway. <laughs> well, I listen, I listen to us at like 1.25 speed. So. <laughs> I, can, I can only take so much of it. It, it, it makes me it, and Evan talking. It makes it go by quicker. So. Yeah. But uh, good stuff. Thanks for uh, thanks for enjoy, uh, joining us for this. Yeah. And if you didn't watch it, shame on you. Should you should still watch it, even though we just spoiled the whole fucking movie for you. But actually, I want here's what you here's what I want you to do. If you haven't watched it yet, compare it and go watch Bugs Life. Yes, and just be like, holy shit, did they actually mean Bugs Life when they were talking? I just want to see how similar it is in people's eyes. Yeah, but anything else you want to add, Evan? Uh, besides Doitashi Mustache? No. Doitashi Mustache. Don't touch my mustache. This is the time where the outro starts to play. <laughs> no comment. Just I'm just going to let that one hang while the outro plays. I really don't know like any Japanese. I know Hechiomoteri. Uh, mara mara. Hey, Greg. Hechiomoteri. 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 I have to take a shit. Oh. <laughs>